Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never Good morning, everybody. Today is Friday, January 12th, 2024. I'm your host, Rose Cress, and today it's a very special fan favorite Friday. I caught up with our special guest today, who I met, believe it or not, in a hotel. No, I'm lying. But our fan favorite Friday today, our guest, special guest, is Efren. Friday. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Friday. Hi, Rose. I miss you in person. Why are I we not doing you. this in person? Oh, imagine I fly to Portland just for an hour to do this. Well, you fly to Portland and then hop in a car and drive. Yeah. Bus, crazy. club, bus, another club, <laughs> sleep. Yeah. Just sleep on the plane. Sleep when we're dead, right? Oh, true. Thanks okay. for having me on your show, Rose. Yes. Thank you for being here. My um, Okay. So what's your favorite song? Hi, my favorite song is a little song called Hotel. Oh, this excites me so much. I love Hotel. Absolutely love Hotel. I'm going into this blind. I know I listened to your fan favorite Friday last week, but I didn't memorize the questions because I I trust the power of my love for the song. I trust that that will guide me through. Yeah, it's fun to kind of do these cold. It's fun to do them cold. So what's your favorite lyric in the song? Oh, I have to learn to let you crash down. Oh. I love, and, and not just the words, but the way she sings it too. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh. And also, and, where are the velvets yeah. when you're coming down? I love too. Yes. So you like the two down parts of the song. And I also <laughs> love the first and the second verse <laughs> and the chorus and then the end. Okay. So is there any part of the song that we don't like? Any not lyrics? Not a that we... single moment. <laughs> not a single one. Not a single right, moment. Right. It's your favorite song. It's a favorite yeah. song. Yeah. So, but then. What's your favorite musical moment in the song? The bridge. Okay, I say the bridge because she kind of lets herself go, especially mm-hmm. live, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's like pounding the piano um, and her head's like going back. But I also really like the sampling at the beginning, like the programming at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, just the crunchiness of it. I really like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the end, like that last little tag at the end is unlike anything else i think that she's ever done oh right the so bur- 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 yeah that bur- bur- yeah so it's, i that's think that's a, really good yeah that's a wild a really wild part bur- 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love it all yes yeah, the little the little noises wait are you part of so first of all hashtag team bridge right oh yeah team bridge team bridge and then are you part of the funky noises in songs team as well Me, yeah anything that's kind of buried in there that's like yes. ear candy i love like is that a 90s thing i guess so because or, or that's like her as a producer because i think to maybe no i wouldn't say it had to have been like strange little girls somewhere in there she stopped doing that she stopped it became so clean right there's never anything like that and like mark holly 
you've heard of him, talks about uh-huh. um, how he when he listens to Boys for Pele, you can hear he can hear the cars passing in the distance mm. and some songs, you know, mm-hmm. and I love that. I love it. Yeah. My husband says, you always pick the weirdest moment in the song to enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it's like this little, it'll be like a little flute motif in the background Mm -hmm. or, you know, like just some bass riff, um, you know, like Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran. He slaps the bass in the chorus and it's like a slap bass note. And I'm like, that's part of the song. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? I can't even hear it. I'm like, you wow. can't hear that. It's so loud to me. And but Jeremiah and I talk about like delight, all the little funky noises in the background. Oh. Yeah. So and that, you know, that's one of the joys of of earlier Tori is all the funky little noises in the background. Yeah. And, and but I just wonder now, I'm like, is that like a 90s thing? Not 90s music, but people growing up really finding their own uh, musical taste with 90s music. Mm-hmm. I just love it. There's something that like puts you in the place of it being recorded. You know, it feels so mm. like you're there. It feels so intimate. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of delight, I just think Tori should do a song with Bootsy Collins. Just going to put that out there. Oh, you know what? That'd be great. That'd be awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. And I do love delight. I used to know this kid when I was um, in high school. His name was James Melendrez. He is so great. And he was obsessed with delight back in the day. Oh, no. Delight. Yeah. Yeah. Groovy. Yeah. (laughs) Vote, baby, vote. Vote, baby, vote. I always do that. (laughs) Okay. So what what is your favorite performance of the song? Um, my favorite performance is 2005 Phoenix solo. I was gonna say if you don't say 2005, we're done. (laughs) Well, I worked, you know, that she played that because I bothered her at least a dozen times for that (laughs) i started requesting hotel solo in dublin that year and i remember i have a video i was with my friend door on tour and i have a video of door me saying like wouldn't it be amazing if she did hotel solo and then door's expression was like if it wasn't like 10 minutes long (laughs) i'm like how dare you but then i worked on that and she kept um putting me off she kept saying like so I asked again in Saratoga Springs and she said I ask again on the west coast that's a west coast song and so I started asking on the west coast and she's like maybe towards the end of the tour and finally she did it in Phoenix and it was everything that you could imagine I was there oh you were mm-hmm. that's amazing you know where else there. you were you were yeah. I was listening to your show last week and you talked mm-hmm. about Apollo's Frock your fan favorite and how you yeah. were at LA 2011 yeah. so was i yeah and do you remember me from there <sighs> maybe i don't remember i don't remember having met you yet but yeah i don't think I, so i was at the meet and greet as well all day again it was the orpheum and we were standing right. outside on the, on the concrete i was there all day too so i i wanted to go back i want to go back in time i know right i mm. was up near like we were right underneath the awning mm. so i was in like the first 15 maybe so were we. I was with Dor. We got there super early. Gone. Oh, and I have some pictures from that day, but just of like her and I. I don't think I have any background of like other people, but weird. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. I was with uh well, but anyway, back to Hotel 2005. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you know that we heard her sound checking it? In 2005? Yes. I knew that post the fact, mm-hmm. I knew that she had sound checked it, but the so- day of someone was like do you want to know what she sound checked? And I was like, no, I do not, because it will only lead to disappointment. So I found out after. Yeah. 
we were in my best friend Jeremiah had won these tickets to go in and see her. Oh, you actually were in there. We were in there. Oh, so we were standing. Oh, what? In, my yeah, God. Yes. We were standing out in the outside area. I should pull my book down to see what else she sound checked. But uh, we were standing out there in like the, um, the outside area, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And uh, so she waiting to because she was going to do this radio broadcast and she played like Sleep with the Butterfly, Crucify and Leather. Mm-hmm. And then, and you know, and then asked, answered some questions. And that thing never aired, which is a shame. So she was, you know, sound checking beforehand and she like went into sound checking hotel. And it was pretty amazing because it was like not the sound check of the whole song, but what she was really sound checking was the give me more part. Oh. And the way she was warming her voice up, because it was like, give me more, give me more. Like she just kept going slowly, 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 slowly into it oh until God, she got it. up into the the high part. The yeah, it was pretty incredible. I was like, why is everybody talking? Shut the hell up and let us listen. Yes. She sound, she, I know she sound checked cars and guitars as well. Oh, cha-cha-cha. The cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. But she, she did a whole bunch of, of songs and maybe the Ricky Lee the ricky lee jones song but i didn't know what song it was but yeah it was a pretty incredible moment to hear her warming up her voice for that because that's i think what she was really doing and you bootlegged it then no oh, oh, damn on it, my bro. on my stupid little nokia phone yeah <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> with no audio that was probably dead no it couldn't use it in phoenix because it would have been roaming oh <laughs> Oh, I remember roaming. <laughs> yes. Oh, when roaming was the thing. I got to turn my phone off. I know. I was roaming. so terrified of the incurred expenses. Like the extra, I was always so terrified of roaming. Oh my gosh. Terrified of roaming. Yeah. Okay. So what color is the song for you? Um, I would say I was going to have, I had a different color when I thought about this last week when I was listening to your show, but now I have crushed midnight blue velvet. Crushed mm. velvet, midnight blue. I love it. I don't know I why. Love- that's okay. You don't have to know why. I like the fact that I don't ask why it's because the song is that color either. Okay, good. Good. It's like it's pink. Blue, like midnight electric blue. And then it's pink electric. in my mind, but that was the lighting oh. that was in 2005. Sometimes oh, it's yeah. lighting, you know? Yeah. 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 But yeah. Um, okay. So what is the story that Hotel is telling you? Um, I hear about uh, a person who is releasing herself of all former entanglements with and as hard as it may be i think that this hotel space is this um perhaps this dating space or this whole like lead up into womanhood um and that she's got you know she has different entanglements throughout her past and throughout her history and one by one she has to let them fall and then she has to she has to make the decision to move toward move out of the hotel space move out of like she's no longer for rent she's now a home so that's what i hear that's based on things i've read that's based on how i feel when i hear the song but that there's always one person or to varying degrees that people are very difficult to let go of um Mm -hmm. some way more difficult than others or harder to let fall and then i remember such ophelia vibes oh yeah oh i get that but then she also had talked about how there's people in your life who no matter what they need or no matter where you are or what you're doing, if they need you, you'll be there. And it can even be on your wedding day if they're calling and they need you that you'll leave the wedding and go there. And so I feel like it's a love song to those people and to those like entanglements. Oh, that's interesting. 
I love it. So then how does that fit into the greater story of your life? In my life? Um, yeah. I have realized recently that, not recently, but I've realized about myself that I'm all about people. And I'm all, I have like a, just a desire, like I'm very social, but I also have a desire to know people and to be with people and to like learn about people and especially men, <laughs> especially <laughs> men of the homosexual variety. And so like, no. I feel like if the thing is too, is like in my life, I've had like a lot of, um, a lot of connections with a lot of different people into varying, like they're varying connections, you know, men. And so like each of them represents kind of like a, like a snapshot of the moment of where I was and like a lesson that I learned along the way. Um, mm. Because I learned, I've realized I learned my lessons through heartbreak. I learned, <laughs> I can't just, and I don't know if everyone is like this, but I can't just like understand something. I've got to actually like travel to the hell of it or through the hell of it to like, you like to oh, learn yeah. things the hard way. Yeah. Like, oh, that stove was hot. Yeah. Okay. My mistake. Everyone <laughs> told me. Everyone told me that man's going to hurt me, but <laughs> I had to get hurt. Yeah. Everyone told me not to do that. And here I did. I did it twice. Yeah. You're like, uh, you're like going into all the hotel rooms, checking stuff out in The Shining. Oh, yes. I love that. I love that imagery. Like I have to go into all the hotel rooms in this song. <laughs> yeah. I guess I got to see what's there. You're, you're open for business as you try and find your way yeah. to the penthouse. Exactly. Are you my penthouse? Nope. Are you my penthouse? Are you my penthouse? No. <laughs> Are you my mother? No. Are you my penthouse? Yeah. Are you my mother? <laughs> Are you my mom? So many places I could go with. Are you my penthouse? But I'm just gonna leave it be. We're just yeah. gonna leave it be. Yeah. Focus on <laughs> yeah. the Tory of it. We've already we've already gone off on the delight tangent. Ah, anyway. Vote, baby, vote. I love it. And then also, <laughs> um, my favorite song from Delight back in the day. Did you ever? Do you remember their second album? It was called Infinity Within. I mean, I remember it, but I'm I'm such a their first album person. Oh, their second album was released on rare Digipack, mm -hmm. rare Digipack cardboard, and you had to like you got it. It came packaged like a CD box, like those big long boxes, but mm -hmm. you could fold. But then you just folded it, and there was nothing to throw away. So it was like eco friendly. And then they had a song called "I Dreamed I Was Falling Through a Hole in the Ozone Layer." <laughs> I had a dream. I had a dream I was falling through a hole in the ozone layer. Anyways, okay, sorry, you're right. I love that first album so much. The problem is I put like, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do die. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to this album and then like I get through the first song. I'm like, okay, wait, I wanna go listen to the first album. Oh yeah. It's a, all it's these a, years later, I can't I can't get over it. But I think, you know, we can we can understand this, right? I'm, there's plenty of Tori that all these years later I can't I can't get over it. I just wanna listen to that again and again and again. Um, well, then how does your past experience in your life influence your relationship with this song? Um, you know, we talked before and you you mentioned Tori is like a teacher. And mm -hmm. I feel that in the song, like her learning. I've said this before, but I really believe it. Her learning that she had to learn to let them crash down taught me that I had to learn to learn to let them crash down. Like it's... Uh, you can't, you can't hold everybody up so high and you can't give them unconditional forgiveness and be constantly, like, constantly putting them above yourself. Like, they have to, if they're going to fall, they're going to fall. They have to fall and they have to crash down. And then you have to, like, let shit go. You've got to let people go sometimes and you've got to. And so that's the greater story of my life is that I, I've, 
have a habit or a tendency to hold people too tightly or to mm. um, give people maybe too much credit, not too much credit, because I think people deserve all the credit, but um, guys, I like let them, I just kind of let them walk all over me sometimes. So yeah. Or so like then, I ignore the red flags or whatever. Yeah. I just learn to let them crash down. You got to learn to let them crash down, which makes me wonder then just from that perspective, is the give me more a different voice, a different I, person? No, I take the give me more as like you're like when someone's not giving you anything, I, you know, like that you can't get you can't get blood. What is that? You can't get water from a rose. No, that's you can't blood, get blood. from a turnip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't get blood from a turnip because um, I try that all the time. Yeah. Anytime I need blood, I go to my turnip garden. You can't do that. So like, give me more is especially like, I don't know, because it goes so high up into the stratosphere. Mm -hmm. She is like half begging, in my opinion, half begging for more and demanding it and like really losing her mind about it, about not getting it. So that's how I take that. Like the give me more is like she needs to feed. She needs more, you know. Okay. So the, the give me more juxtaposed with the um i need to let to learn to let you crash down mm -hmm. like somebody can't you can't have all of somebody if you're constantly trying to fix them that yeah that's a good way of saying it or you can't get what you need from someone because you're not because you don't have it in yourself because you haven't found yeah. it in yourself yeah well I, one of i studied with a teacher and one of my favorite things that he said this is now 14 years ago i studied with him he said when you try and fix somebody you fixate them in their issues like you're never going if you you know if you step in to try and fix somebody or fix what they're doing i mean this is from a therapeutic aspect that you're not going to see them as anything but the diagnosis that you've given them or you're not going to see them as anything other than what's wrong with them. And so we talk about, I mean, you were just talking about how you're like a real people person. You definitely are. I mean, it's just this real loving, sweet, holding energy, building community energy. But then the flip side to that can be, you know, like in your relationships, it's like, oh, well, I want more of you, but also... I'm going to ignore all this stuff and rush headlong into it. Yeah. Like I always say, I love a fixer-upper, right? Love a bad boy because I want to fix them, right? I mean, it's just a stupid thing. Luckily, I'm married, so <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. But I can just tell, you know, I meet people sometimes and like, you know, if I'm out with my friends or whatever, and I just think, oh, man, I would fall so head over heels for that. Because it needs, you know, it's that bad boy that needs fixing. And that's what, you know, I'm just naturally want to do. But when we try and fix people, we take away their agency. And then yeah. they can't give us all of themselves, right? So if that's what she's saying is that I can't, you know, I need to learn to let you crash. I need to learn to let you make your mistakes and not trying to fix them for you. It makes sense to me then that she's saying, give me more because she can't have all of the person that she's talking about. And at the end, the relationship falls apart and she's like, oh, shit, I'm still alive. Yeah. And then also, too, what I learned recently or like in my last few years is that everything you're saying is absolutely spot on in terms of like, we love a bad boy. We love a fixer upper. But like, even if they're not a bad boy and they just happen to not be exactly the right fit or give you the right energy how you can still overlook that and think like, oh, that'll change. Or, oh, I can, you know, I can live off of that, what they're giving me, you know, mm -hmm. but it, it's not right. It's not what you need. Um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And then I also really love this song because we identified in the episode that we did on the song, we identified the perform the the night on stage in 1996 where she said like, I'm staying in the weirdest world's creepiest hotel and I'm going to write a song about it on the next album. <laughs> so, and I don't know, it was just like a, a nugget we found that I love that there's an yeah. actual place where these old relationships go and that there is one person because she says met him in a hotel they all came to see me in my mind before my wedding except for there was one person that wasn't there tell me that he's missing um mm. he that one person that i really hope to resolve things with before i take this step isn't wasn't there and then that sends her on a journey like to find this part of herself or like to heal that part of herself or that find that person I love this song, Rose. Does deep diving into a song make you love a song more? Yes, a thousand percent. <laughs> always. <laughs> it depends on the song. Sometimes it's like, uh, what is it? No, it always makes me love it more. Yeah. yeah. I loved, absolutely loved the Scarlet's Walk arrangement for this live. <gasps> so did I. Like, I, I really, I would love to hear it like that again. Mm -hmm. In San Antonio, yeah. that one, that one uh, performance, so good. I was getting punched through that, that last week. You're getting what? Punched. So for some reason, the 2023, sorry, the Scarlet's Walk second leg was really like dicey time because the tour mm. had gone on for so long. It was coming to an end. She hadn't announced a lot of pianos yet. And I remember there was this air on the ground where people thought she was going to quit touring. Like this was it. Especially that last like run of shows that were so good. I don't know. People, there was just like a fear that she was never going to tour again. And I remember at one point someone even asked her if this was going to be her farewell tour, and she said, "No, honey, I'll always be back." So mm -hmm. we like we like released that. But there was still like in that time, I felt I was never going to hear Hotel again. I just mm -hmm. felt like she'll never play it again. I'm I was I was holding on too tightly to this song. It's like I'm let this song is going to leave forever. And I was it was just anyway. The point is, I was sitting in like the eighth to tenth row. Um, in San Antonio next to somebody who was very moody and yeah. kind of sucked the joy out of the show for me because that person was just kind of like arms crossed because they didn't get front row. And then we did the rush and I got all the way to the front. I got all the way to the front. And this guy, this girl wanted to go in front of me to get to the railing. And I was holding, I was standing my ground and her husband or boyfriend or whoever was with her edged his way in front of me with his elbow, like punching me like backwards into the stomach while she was like grinding her heel on my foot. Oh my God. And I was wearing sandals at the time. It was awful. And I was like, I didn't know what to do because I couldn't like, I wasn't going to call security and like have an improv done about <laughs> my situation. And so I just let them in front of me. And then, then she played hotel. And so I was getting like, as this was happening, I was like crying and like my favorite song finally came back. Oh my God. Yeah. That was my hotel story. What a horrid memory. But I then, guess. then we saw it at Red Rocks. Yes. That was so good. Wasn't it? It was. Mm -hmm. It Hotel was always come back. Yes, Red Rocks. Well, I saw it three times: Red Rocks, L.A., and Seattle. Mm, jealous. <laughs> jealous. Jealous. She didn't play my favorite song, so which one? Apollo's Rock. Oh, Apollo's Rock. Yeah. She didn't. No, she didn't. She did it in Hershey. Oh. Okay. But that was the only time she did it in the U.S. Play it! Play it! Play it! I can't believe she did that to you, Rose. I. But then. But then I think it's funny. I wrote a letter to her, got it to her in Red Rocks, 
and I just kind of said, like, I, I printed it. It's funny, this laurel wreath. And I printed it out and I like wrote a letter on the inside of it and I like rolled it up like a scroll and Mm-hmm. Oh, cute. like this whole thing. But I also put in there that I'm like always Apollo's Rock, always. But I put in there that I had this whole story about garlands and driving through the high desert on a rainy day, listening to garlands and it would be absolutely perfect for Albuquerque. And she played it. Mm. Oh, my God. I know. And I was like, what? So she has played, you know, a lot for me. And um, but only Apollo's Rock once. I've only heard it once. That's wild. And I've been asking for it since 2007. That's And I heard it wild. once in 2011. Yeah, it is wild. But she's like, no, honey, <laughs> not that song. No, But Apollo. she's also done like, oh, my gosh, that would be a great song to play and then not played it. What I love about listening to your episode last week on Apollo's Rock was that I have a completely different interpretation of the song. So I love that this is an opportunity for people to just kind of because we let people come on the main show and talk about the song of their choice. But we go so slow there. And then Yeah. we don't like you can't really get into it for, you know, a really big deep dive like this. So I like that. Yeah. I mean, well, we all have our own relationship and the song is our own little story for everybody. Mm hmm. So what's the energy then for a uh, hotel? What's that energy? Um, not regret, Mm. but healing. Uh, it's like that feeling you get when you have no choice but to accept something is as it is and it may not Yeah. be how you wanted it to be but you like look it's like a bit it's bittersweet this song is very bittersweet to me Yeah, yeah like I, I I really so much get this feeling that it's the little sister to Ophelia. Even though there's such different songs, but the story you're telling me is very much Ophelia, um, with the difference being that Ophelia is really the overlay of abuse, which doesn't mean that that's not what's going on in a hotel, you know what I mean? Yeah, I just I feel like, you know, even though you do have to learn to let people fall and then you can't hold on to people so tight, it just it is. And you do have to like heal and end these relationships. Sometimes it's still not my favorite thing to do. And I still like, you know, I look back at these not failures, but failed relationships or things that have like taught me a lot that haven't worked out the way I wanted them to. And I, I ache a little for that person that wanted them so badly to work out. I feel bad for that guy, but, the, but that guy learns a lot, um, Mm. but Yeah. still, it's still bittersweet. Yeah. I get very much, even with the color of the song for you, I get very much the sense that the, the lesson, the right. If I were going to apply a yoga practice to it, it's know yourself. Mm -hmm, for sure. Right. Cause it doesn't, you know, if you're not getting what you need from, well, you don't need anything from another person when we're like fully sitting within ourselves. Yeah. and fully connected with ourselves we don't not we don't need anything from another person there's no give me more it's just you know be yourself and we can wrap ourselves around each other but we are whole beings but if we're not whole beings in a relationship then there's that i need i need something from you and and i don't i need you to complete me Yeah, and that's you're why not it's so completing me desperate. That's why it feels so desperate to me. And then there's something that's weird when she plays the song um, at tempo. You know, she sings, where are the velvets when you're coming down? And then she plays that riff. -na 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 -na. And she like has just enough time to take a breath. But it, she's like tossing her head down. I mean, she's tossing her head back, but it like... goes in time with the rhythm of her her hitting the keys so it's like her head is always constantly like 
balancing there. Yeah. Um, which makes me feel like she's gasping for air, which makes mm. me feel like that whole section is really desperate, <laughs> which makes me feel yeah. like the song is really about desperation. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I always think it's funny and I call it the plink, plink, plink moment when she does, when she comes back, when she like switches the keyboard right at the beginning and she's doing like oh, the fingers was- on top of each other. And I think it's so funny that she's like down low on the piano yeah. looking at her hands. So yeah. I'm like, that it's the easiest part of the song. Right, right. And so I call it like, oh, there she is, plink, 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 plink. Um, it's almost like she's in that energy focused on the minutia. Like there's a minutia, but also maybe that she's like building her, you know, like I got to go in. Yeah. Or I gotta it's go also in, like I got to gather my energy for this next part. The smallest things are like where you trip up. <laughs> yeah. You know, you might like think it's too easy and be mistaken. Like you might mistakenly be too cocky and then just fuck it all up. Yeah, maybe. But I love that. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't know her. You know, I don't know her weaknesses in playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. There think are I'm... none. <laughs> well, I mean, definitely she's worked on them, but there are always places where you're, you know, when you're playing, where you're tripping up on something. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when you're learning a piece. This is just me because I don't write. I just learn pieces. The hardest part is often where the page turn happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because once you memorize it and you're no longer turning the page anymore, you still have this slight pause because you've been playing with a slight pause because your one hand is reaching up to turn the page. It's like when actors are like performing a monologue that has spanned a couple mm. pages that they've had to memorize. Oh, yeah. There's also that that slowdown where the page has to turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can always That's see where the, the yeah, you can see where they turn the page in their mind. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm totally gonna watch for that. It's because it's a mnemonic device. Like you, like when you're trying to memorize the lines, like anything Mm -hmm. that can help you. And so sometimes you look at like the way maybe the Mm -hmm. P's line up three lines in a row, or you know, like I don't know. Mm -hmm. So you just like try to remember when you're memorizing the lines. But yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. (laughs) It has nothing to do with hotel. You're right. (laughs) But that's so interesting. Now I really want to watch for those moments of actors turning pages in their heads. Well, look, this I doubt that that happens in many. It, of does, it doesn't happen in like feature films with these talented actors with the good. Well, actors. not necessarily. I mean, you know, look, is it going to happen in you know horror movies? No. And is that what I'm often watching? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, but good. I did watch. I did watch Hamlet. Was it Hamlet? I think no, no. It was Macbeth with. Um, Patrick Stewart. Mm. I'm like, look at me watching something. But, you know, that was like filmed. So mm. and he's play. a Shakespearean actor. Was he even turning pages in his head? Probably yeah. reading a scroll. No, probably not. Head. He probably got the whole the whole folio memorized. I am sure. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So hotel. So we're going to listen to we're going to listen to a hotel now, right? Yeah. Give me a all right, Ephraim, I love you. I love you. Thank you for having me on yeah. the show. And Thank I have you. to tell people, if you want to be on the show, email us right now, songsofthoreimus at gmail.com. Yes, email us. Also, Ephraim, where can we find you? Who's looking? Who's looking for me? Um, Go to my Instagram at I-I-E-E-E-S. Yes. And also Songs of Tori Amos. And of course, Songs of Tori Amos. Yes, you have to follow Songs of Tori Amos. Thank you, yeah. Ephraim. I never promote my own Instagram. I just realized. <laughs> you never? Oh. I never do. I follow both, so I have no idea. Slay. Slay queen. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Rose. Okay. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. Bye. 
Thank you so much to Efren for joining me today for Fan Favorite Fridays. If you want to be a guest, make sure you send us an email, songsoftoriamos at gmail.com. I'd love to talk to you about your favorite Tori Amos song. You can also follow us on the social Songs of Tori Amos on Instagram and Twitter, songsatoryamos.com. Make sure you sign up to be a Patreon. And if you want to hang out with me, Rose, on the socials, I'm Rosecrass on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks so much. See you next week. Bye-bye.
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.